Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. This is Song vs. Song, and we have a big matchup today. We are doing two of the biggest rap songs of my lifetime, probably, and because I was the right age for it, I know both of these songs basically back and forth. We are doing Nelly's Hot and Her versus 50 Cent's In the Club. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. You're not... You're not I mean, I can, I, can, is, I can punch in if you want me to. <laughs> and we have a special guest in the studio today. Please welcome Mark Grondon, a.k.a. Spectrum Pulse. Do I have that right? Yes, Mark you do. Spectrum Pulse Grondon. I was like, that's not the name of the sh- Is that the name of the show or the name of the person? Uh, Mark is the name of the person. Uh, Spectrum Pulse is the name of the show. I talk about music movies, art and culture on my main show. I also do my I talk about billboards, random insanity on a fairly regular basis. It's a nightmare. It's going to be bad next week. <laughs> oh, this is a weird week. Yeah. Um, four J. Cole songs in the top in the top 10, plus a new number one from Olivia Rodrigo, who all the all the kids and all the adults are talking about. Yeah, everyone's talking about that. But we are going back to the glory era of my high school years. 2002, 2003. I was not listening to hip hop at the time. <laughs> No, I was I was an indie rock kid in 2002 and 2003, but I definitely knew every note of these. I mean, I did go to my prom at the very least, so I heard these songs. Mm. And also I existed in 2002 and 2003. So you heard these songs. Yeah, like if like everyone else in the universe, I knew these songs back and forth or at least I thought I did. There's a a lot of that 50 Cent song that I actually do not remember being in it. Mm. Uh, because I was not a big fan of 50 Cent at the time. And, you know, it's it's funny. I was like, I want to do a hip hop one when I was talking to you. And you were talking about, I was like, oh, well, I was into this, 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 and this. And somehow I kind of wound up on this one that I wa- I've been wanting to do for a while. And also, I think you and I have argued about whether 50 Cent was ever any good at all. <laughs> that is extremely true. Um, before we get into that, and I feel like, because that is a tangent upon that's a stacked <laughs> tangent in terms yeah. of how much we how much we can discuss 50 cent. Where is everyone fitting on these songs in specific? <laughs> uh, very quickly, Mark, how's Todd doing on that pronunciation? Uh, how's I, that going? I would zero zero out of ten. Uh, zero to ten. What where does that land? Um, A solid two point three. But again, hmm. Even though I'm from the Midwest, I'm from the Canadian Midwest, so it's a it's a we're a couple thousand miles north of St. Louis, so yeah, it's not quite the same thing. Yeah, Although I'm we, just I'm just glad to know that no matter where any of us are presently located or originate from, we all know that Todd did a bad job. Okay, for what it's worth, I don't think Nelly really says the word here with uh, any noticeable accent. He just says here, it's getting hot in here. That's mm-hmm. it. Sound it always sounded normal to me. Like if I had to like spell it out, I'd spell it normally. It, it wasn't like Chingy the next year. It was like right there. Like Chingy played that up, and not for a good way. Like that—that that was the whole Saint Lunatics crew that did that, and it was weird. Okay, well, Lena, you didn't—you didn't answer the question. Which? I like to deflect. That's that's the, <laughs> that's that's what I do on this podcast. Okay, so here's here's the deal. We were originally going to record yesterday when it was. 95 degrees where I was. Mm-hmm. I'd gone out to the Brooklyn Botanical Gardens. Instead, it was hot as hell. So clearly, I was going to go for hot in here. Mm-hmm. 
But today it's 60 degrees <laughs> so, in New York City. So all so the clothes are staying on. And so now it's in the club. And that's it. That is the sum entirety of why I picked the one that I did. And also I suspect that that's the contrarian option. And that's all I ever do. People uh, love my wrong opinions. <laughs> I don't think there is a wrong one in this one. Like, so one of them's going to win the poll, but I feel like people feel very strongly, warmly, even hotly towards both these songs. Me, I grew up in Virginia Beach. I was in it during Neptune's Mania. Like, I was not even like a hip hop kid, but I was like, I had to know everything about the Neptunes because I was growing up in Virginia Beach. And I, I think this is like probably their very biggest song. Oh, well, they had some Jay-Z crossover hits. Um, like they had, like there's some weird ones. Like, I just want you to love it. I just want to love, I just want to love you. I just want to love you. Um, well, they had, I'm a slave for you from Britney Spears. They had, you don't have to, you don't have to call from Usher. Mm -hmm. They they had girlfriend from NSYNC. None of these are, none of these are topping hot in here. They have Love You Better by Will Cool J. They had Beautiful from Snoop Dogg, which that was never a good song. I liked Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. They had, Rock, they had Rock Your Body um, as well. Rock Your Body is up there. Justin Timberlake's Rock Your Body. That, that could maybe challenge for it. And they also Drop It Like It's Hot and Hollaback Girl. Oh, geez. Okay, these are, these are money all maker. in the running. <laughs> Moneymaker's not in the in the same league, and I love Moneymaker. It's not in the same league as Hollaback Girl. Even True. Yeah. Moneymaker. I love Moneymaker, probably more than Hollaback Girl. But as far as like just being inescapably huge, I think it's those four songs in the running for the the Neptunes. And I would, if I had to pick one one right now, would be uh, Hot in Here. And I have to do that. Although I think I am going to find myself defending Fifty Cent against you. Because <laughs> I did not like 50 Cent at the time. I was like, I had heard so much hype. He had come out with like those singles that came out before mm -hmm. the uh, before Get Rich or Die Try and dropped. And then I heard in the club and I was like, this isn't very good at all. I don't get it. I don't get all of you, my friends who really love this song are re really super hyped for 50 Cent. I, I think this is boring. And I mean, I hadn't been in. A club, the club yet, let alone Duck Club. Well, the honest question: Who has ever been to Duck Club? I don't know. I have been at several clubs. None of them were Duck Club. I can say definitively right now, we did not have Duck Club in Lynchburg, Virginia. Mm. So I am excited to announce that this Zoom call is Duck Club. Oh, oh I really oh. hope not. <laughs> well, then come give me a hug. Oh, see, Fifty Cent always, you know, seems like tough. You know, I'm buff and I'm. Angry, got shot in the face, but all you really wanted was a hug. That's all. Yeah, but it's it's come give me a come give me a hug if you in to get in rubbed, which is uh, there's okay. Ways let's, 50, there's ways Fifty Cent could have framed that a little better. That's also kind of just bad, bad rhymes all around. Yep, <laughs> it's, it's, it's terrible. But but it is Joe Biden's favorite song. Is it? Oh, bam. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> I hope you're wrong, but I, I honestly didn't know. I wouldn't know. I, I feel oh, like, I feel like it, I, and yes, that's it. Political humor. Everybody who listens to the podcast loves it. Um, oh, boy. I don't know. Listen, which which one of these songs is in the trailers for the Happy Death Day movies? Oh, that's right. Go, Shardy. It's your birthday. It's your death day. I remember now. 
I'm just going to put it out there that that was the only problem that I have with those actual films. Perfect films, except they don't actually use the song in the movie, just in the trailers. Nonsense. It's to set the vibe. It's the same way that Pump It Up shows up in Mean Girls. But it's very important to me that (laughs) if they ever actually make the third Happy Death Day movie, and by God they should, he has to be in it. He's done worse things. I've seen him throw a baseball, so... (laughs) And he's done good things. He was he was in Spy, arguably the best thing he's ever done. That is true. Spy was a good movie. Um, okay. I've never heard. So let me oh, ass- let me establish go, my go bona fides here, just to try to get this to uh, mm-hmm. where I where might come down with Fifty Cent, because I have a very conflicted point of view here. On the one hand, I was a white kid who grew up in the Midwest. That means that. I listened to Eminem very early, pretty consistently, and defended Encore on more than one occasion. Um, I, was, I was about to say, he's like, yeah, me too. And then you said that last thing. And I was like, mm. there's a part of me that still <laughs> defends that album. And I have reasons, but that's a different conversation. The mm. problem was, is that I got into everything that was associated with Eminem around that time. That wound up including 50. And I never liked him. I'm like. Or let me rephrase this. I liked what he was putting on the mixtape material around that time that was coming out the late 90s and never got airplay. So like, oh, this guy can flow and he's got so much charisma and he really will seem like the coolest motherfucker in the room. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, yeah, but is he better than everyone else there? And there was a part of me that at that time had still defended D12. So my standards were shot. So... <laughs> I I I I liked D12 when I was a kid. I yeah, did. So did I. And I I grew up. The funny thing is is that within the club, the beat for that song produced by Dr. Dre and DJ Quick was originally intended for D12. I can see why they never got it because that just doesn't seem like a D12 kind of beat. It doesn't it doesn't. I I think there is yeah. that it's bombastic, it's it's slow, it's it's got that menace to it. I'm like, is this a club vibe? It doesn't feel like a yeah. New York club vibe. That's for damn sure. That was always my biggest problem with it. And that's why I'm going to uh, side with Hot in here, even though I am going to defend in the club. But I was like, this isn't a club song. There's like, in fact, I remember like the AV club when they were still doing music reviews. Mm. They did. They just like, how would you listen to this in the club? Like, how would you dance to this? You, This is like a song for like sitting in your room, dead eyed, staring at the wall. Dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Would this get people up on in the club? They get pumped in the club? I think I, I saw in the YouTube comments for the video, it's like, this is not really a club song. It's a song for the gym. Which I, I would agree to a point. I also think, but it's the sort of song for the club, and the club has $20 cover, $20 drinks. Um, <laughs> you're not getting in without some sort of knowing some DJ that maybe existed in 2009 or you had a vague connection to some Bushwick scene at some point. Actually, no, you, like 50 cents from parts of, he's not really a Brooklyn route. I'm trying to figure out what his roots were. Was it, was it the Bronx or Manhattan? I forget the 50. I, I don't know. I lived in New York for five years and it's, it's all the same place to me. It says he's Queens. He's from Jamaica, Queens. Oh, he's, he's from, he's from my borough. That's nice. Astoria and Jamaica are different places. There, but Queens is a borough. Yes. Shut, shut up, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I think was the difference there is that when hip hop was so regional, especially in the early 2000s, because everyone was repping for their sound, 
And this is something that I've always come to mind with 50 Cent. If 50 Cent was not from New York, I don't think he would have blown up anywhere near as much as he did. Like you put him in Memphis, you put him in Houston. In terms of that sound, that beat, he may have gotten one hit, but he wouldn't have gotten all the follow through that would have come off of what was it, Get Rich and Die Trying. And mm-hmm. especially as he didn't follow it up with any good albums. <laughs> well, the the name of the album is literally Get Rich or Die Trying. And he, he got, got rich. rich. And stopped so, trying. <laughs> well, I mean, once you invest in vitamin water, you're pretty much good to go. Yeah, like, when was the last time he made an album? Uh, 2014, I reviewed it. And his fans got really annoyed with me when I called it mediocre. How does 50 Cent still have fans that are going to bat for him like that in 2014? Because there is still a down, there's still a groundswell of New York hip-hop that believes they are the center of the universe. And it is deeply annoying to deal with when you are anywhere outside New York, especially when that city has only been vaguely relevant since when did Joe Budden's when did Joe Budden's career end? Um, outside of the past uh, couple of weeks, yeah, um, as I say, last week. But <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I was not like a big hip hop kid in the two thousands, which and, and during the W Bush era. So you didn't miss much. Um, it, well, it was what, a very stupid era of hip hop. I'm going to say it like, well, here's the thing. If the song was fun, it'd be different because here's the thing. I don't like it to quote the AB club. And I think Nathan Raven specifically stupidity is, can be an asset when it comes to music. Mm-hmm. Like definitively Nelly's song is so dumb. Nelly never pretended to be anything other than he was. And the fact that he, well, the fact that the Neptunes gave him good production and I find the genius page hilarious because it tries to, it describes the song as a, a direct tribute to the go-go sound of the 70s, and in particular, Bustin' Loose from Chuck Brown. I mean, it's sampled it. They, there gets a little couple shout-outs here and there, mm-hmm. but, like, not really. Like, oh. you wouldn't think this is like, this sounds like late 70s f- dance funk. Like, not really. I mean, it, it, there's roots, obviously, but a tribute? No. I think they're trying to make it come across as smarter than it might actually be. And that, and that's the weird thing with the song is that it's dumb, but it's fun. It's also surprisingly clean for a Nelly song. The weird thing, like it's not as raunchy as it like it, if it's raunchy, it's dumb raunchy. Like you get in the second verse, checking your reflection, telling your best friend, like, oh, girl, I think my uh, butt getting my butt big. getting big. I don't know. There are quite a few people in the comments who are saying it's like we used to sing that song at camp hot in here it's getting hot so take off all your clothes and i was like i don't i mean like christian camp apparently like like really but like no, the more i think about it, it's like yeah yeah this is kind of a kid's version of itself well like, it doesn't necessarily mean all your clothes maybe they were just going they were gonna go swim in the lake <laughs> and then jason Voorhees comes out of the water well he is on the Wholesome third verse content. you got the third verse you get the line i'm just kidding like jason Oh, snap. Which I didn't get that. I appreciate the Jason Kidd reference to a point because Jason Kidd is. eh, But (laughs) I I didn't get that reference till I till like I was to like 2016. I was like, oh, like Jason Kidd, the basketball player. Oh, but it precedes a line where it's it follows the line. I just got a friend with a pole in the basement, which if, if kids are singing along with that. First of all, where is the basement in any sort of camp? And be yeah, I think they they were singing a cleaned up version of it probably, but a few of the comments said, and we definitely did not sing in the club. 
that makes sense. Especially when, especially when you get to the final lines of the third verse. Say she got a thing about cutting in restrooms. Yeah, there's, there's that one's hard to clean up. Also, like I, I was saying, like I know this song back and forth. I had no idea there was a gay slur in it till this morning. Oh, fifty cent. Com- yeah, I completely missed that. The in, this entire last twenty years because I've never, you know, fifty cent mumbles everything. He was the original mumble rapper. I miss that completely and i was like just listening to it this morning i was like whoa yeah that was way too common around that time um oh the other thing is i was gonna say you can't be that surprised i mean he was was with eminem yeah that was like eminem's whole thing yeah it's not surprising the other thing that the thing is is that that song when you start looking into what 50's actually trying to do in that song he's basically like hey girl i i've got the club I've got drugs. I'm not into having sex. I'm in, I'm not, I'm into having sex. I'm not into making love. He's basically trying to be the alpha douchebag in the club. That's more there to impress other guys than any women. You know, I was just like going through the 50 cent discography while I was preparing for this. And I was looking at the, uh, the album cover for the massacre, his second album. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know 50 cent is like this buff guy. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight him. But it's like it's a picture of him and with like drawn abs and muscles all over it. It's like his normal face and then like artwork of cartoon abs and stuff. It's like, you look ridiculous. You look like you're hiding something. Like this is like what a little kid draws over himself. And that's kind of what bugged me about 50 Cent for years now is that he feels like a parody of what this sound started off with. Because if you go back to the era of New York hip hop that led to this, you're talking your MOP, you're talking your DMX, rest in peace to some of that extent, in terms of that brudgeoning hyper machismo brand of hip hop that just gets in your face and punches you repeatedly. And at some point you, at some point they lost the pathos. And I think some, a lot more of 50 cents pathos came from his mixtape storytelling in comparison with anything he's saying on his cello period, AKA when he got his deal. I don't know. Like I had, I was talking to someone else about like, you know, pop smoke, rest in peace. And he was like way into pop smoke before I even knew who pop smoke was. He was listening to all the mixtapes and stuff. And when the, the, the album finally came out after pop smoke died, it was like really disappointing for him. It was like, this sounds like, because 50 Cent executive produced it, and I was like, this has 50's careerist fingerprints all over it. Yep. Like, this was made to sell records, not to be good exactly. But it worked. <laughs> he also had like a great line about 50 Cent when it was very clear that 50 Cent was not going to be like the next great thing. He always got the sense that if 50 could have gotten rich by being an interior decorator, he'd have done that instead. It was like, it was never about being very good at what he did, even though he could have been very good at what he did. And I feel like that's the difference between him and Nelly. Nelly was never going to be legit. No. Nelly was always going to be this fun party rapper. And it was like, it's weird. Like he didn't get more shit for it at the time. Like 50 cent destroyed Ja Rule. No one ever came for Nelly. From what I've heard, Nelly was always in a scene by himself. Like people, he was too likable to hate. And he mm-hmm. also, he got his pop crossover through through and done with pretty early. He had his Dilemma song with Kelly Rowland, and mm-hmm. we all discovering the joys of text messaging through Excel. <laughs> I remember that. And, like, at that point, nobody took Nelly all that seriously, but that kind of worked to his longevity. Like, you can go and do a Nelly song at karaoke. 
and it will, and I do frequently. And I do too. Same. Mm-hmm. Like I will go off yeah. and do "Ride with Me" every day of the week because that song oh, that, slaps. And it's also it's, it lights up the crowd. Oh, it does. <laughs> Even though because not, neither of us in this conversation are black, we have to. Uh, Sense of third person. that quite a quite a lot of that one. But even country grammar goes off. Um, if you want, if you get into a country bar and they have over and over again, that goes off. Oh man, I I didn't like that song either. But like for a, a generation of country kids, like that was like that was country hip hop crossover. Yeah, for a generation of hip hop and uh, country kids, like that just blew their minds. Nelly and Tim McGraw. <sighs> And the thing is, I appreciate like the fact that Nelly, he's always had that pop sheen to him to the point where you never take him that seriously. But it kind of works to his favor in terms of longevity, whereas 50 Cent was very in your face. Now he demanded to be taken seriously. He had that hyper aggressive force of the way he would get his music on the radio with strong arming radio stations, which he did in 2001 and two in New York. And since New York is the center of the universe, or at least they think they are, um, it led to his success. I'm not going to deny that it worked for a time. And then he lost to Kanye West and Rick Ross made him cry. Wait, I don't know that second story. Oh, um, it happened at the VMAs at some point. Um, I believe it was 2007, 2008 when Rick Ross was on his come up. Um, Mm -hmm. And then 50 tried to intimidate Ross in the same way he intimidated Ja. It didn't work. (laughs) <laughs> and um, Ross uh, apparently got in his face in, in a certain way and 50 didn't take it well. Wow. Um, you know, Rick Ross is not like a guy I'm going to stand up for or anything or, you know, but I wouldn't get in his face. He's not Ja Rule. He is not this like ridiculous poser like Ja Rule was. But to some extent, 50 Cent was a ridiculous poser, too. Like At least. OK, let me rephrase that. After around the massacre, 50 Cent became the ridiculous poser. That was my opinion. And I, I understand Get Richard Die Trying had its moments. It came off of 50 getting shot nine times. Like that that gives you a certain amount of respectability. But just because you're real doesn't mean you make good art. I mean, Nelly came from the, the streets, too. He t- I watched his behind the music. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't get shot in the face, but he has shot at people. He was also liked in the in St. in like in St. Louis. Like he was the rapper who put that city on the map in a way that. Like, New York had been on the map long before 50 showed up. What I remember is, like, Nelly kind of kicking off, like, the hyper-regionalism of the 2000s. Like, once that was, like, everyone had to be, like, everything was, like, a different scene after that. There was, like, the Houston scene and the Memphis scene that everyone was taking very seriously. The Atlanta scene, the New Orleans scene. The most in my deep dives is that you got, like, there was units that came out of that time, like the Master P era, that kind of drove mm-hmm. some of that sound, just in terms of the ability to just shovel out records out of no limit. Um, some of that triggered that, um, and there was some of that regionalism that came out of East and West that we thought was going to dissipate. It just fragmented mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, like, it used to be two scenes, plus Outcast complaining about the being there, the two scenes, and then the turn, turn of Y2K. It was a See, bunch if of rap can have ranked voting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen here. Here's what I like about this idea of like Nelly managing to be really likable and kind of just generally having some good luck in life. Here's how I know that's right. He was at the 2004 Super Bowl and nobody even remembers. He performed hot in here at the Super Bowl. Yeah, I was reading about that on Song Facts. I was like, really? 
That's I don't amazing. remember that. He doesn't have any of the stink of one of the most infamous events in football history. I thought I knew every line of in the club, and it turns out I don't. Mm. I definitely do know every line of hot in here. Like Nelly's never been thought of as like a particularly lyrical rapper. It's one of those songs where you just kind of through osmosis, you know, every single line of that. Good gracious ass is bodacious. Uh, like I, I know every uh and oh of that song. And it's just like purely absorbed into my brain. I can play it on the piano. If I brought it in here, I could sing it right now. Probably not very well. And my neighbors would complain. But Flo Rida has never had a song this good. Pitbull has never had a party song this good. Black Eyed Peas have never had a party song this good. This will still light shit up to this day. And uh, I mean, and there was a song that sampled it just uh, just this year, right? Oh, yeah. That was that Erica Banks song. Yeah, um, that was I. It was for a TikTok it, challenge that, that <laughs> to, to inform people about what happened on that TikTok channel was the, with I believe that was the red light challenge. Where mm-hmm. they play that song for a little bit, then they do the drop. Um, you get a silhouette with a red light, and then Reddit found out how to how to enhance photographs. Oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it yeah. got it got rough. What do you think happened to Nelly? Where where, where do you think he he kind of dropped off? Um, here's the thing: he has a song on the charts right now. Oh, that's right. That's right. He has a song on Florida Georgia Line again. Nelly, what are you? Matter of fact, Florida Georgia Line, what are you doing? Both these acts should retire. Um, <laughs> Florida Georgia Line is actually very interesting because right now, for as emblematic as it is of that line right now, one of them wants to go off and make more interesting neo-traditional country, and the other one wants to continue making soulless neoconservative cash grabs, yeah. as, is, as is the practice in Music Row. And in your quote from when your cruise video, hey, Nella needs a hit real badly. <laughs> I don't know. It's so weird that Nelly has become like the country guy. I don't know. That Tim McGraw thing made him a lot of money. Yep. Cruz made him a shit ton of money. Ugh. I don't know. Like, I don't like any of that shit. I. Have you ever uh, gone to Nashville to a bachelorette party? No, I have been in no bachelorette parties in okay. Nashville or otherwise. Okay. Have you ever been Believe to a. Ba- have you ever been. Okay. Lena, have you been to a bachelorette party where you've seen where you've seen a country vibe go off? Pink cowboy hats and stuff like that? I don't I don't think I have. I haven't been to a bachelorette party since Lindsay's, so I don't know. No, I do like not have it. this I do not have this experience. I have been to the ones with the penis pasta because I was a part of the Spencer's gifts era <laughs> of bachelorette parties, but I have never experienced this. I am of the northern variety. Yeah, you are We're from a New- different kind of trash. Yeah, you are from New Jersey. Take a drink. That's correct. <laughs> so you would uh, you are not in like the pink cowboy hat bachelorette parties. I can't say that I have any recollection of them. Oh, this is this is this is funny to me because if only I remember I was in Nashville in 2017. Um, weird time for me to be in the States because I wound up just I wound up in Atlanta and like Atlanta, Lexington, Nashville area a couple weeks after Charlottesville. That was uncanny. Um Ugh. Yeah, but moving to better topics, I was at, I wound up in Nashville on the same weekend as the as the Floyd Ma- Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight, the sports event of our lifetime. But go well, on. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing was with this is that it was is Nashville has become a major bachelorette destination. 
is that one makes of the, sense to me. One of the biggest ones, even overtaking Vegas in some fields. So the funny thing with this is that you actually go into bars, especially certain karaoke bars, and all the hip-hop crossover songs. So all the bro country goes off, and Cruz goes off like you would not believe. Uh, oh, well, we did. We we argued with uh, Grady Smith over the merits of Cruz on this podcast. The original's better than the remix. I'm not sure I agree. <laughs> but I don't know. If 50 Cent had thought to do that crossover in 2004 instead of Nelly, he would absolutely be in Nashville right now because he likes making money. He, he does. likes making money quite a lot. Didn't we all know that this was coming in 2016 when Hot in Here was featured in ads for Bud Light's Limerita? Wasn't, yeah, like, wasn't, that a, wasn't that a bit of a canary in the coal mine? Yeah, it feels like Nelly belongs to the world now. Whereas 50 Cent belongs to New York and just New York, and New York can keep him. <laughs> wow. My thought on that is that, um, yeah, 50 Cent got vitamin water. Mm-hmm. And that's not surprising to me because he was hanging out at the time with Exhibit, another man who realized that the key to his success was not rap, <laughs> but tricking out people's cars. I liked Exhibit stuff. I, I wish I, I did always, too. Always important to have a side hustle. Yeah. The funny thing with Exhibit and the fun fact I always like to bring up with him is that he showed up on a symphonic metal song in 2014 for a rap verse. The band was Within Temptation. The song's called <laughs> And We Run. And it is one of the most batshit songs you've ever heard. Within this Temptation. This makes me feel like, you know, we just watched Eurovision and it makes me wish that uh, that Flowrider had done it with Finland. Well, Flowrider oh, yeah. should be in everything, so we all understand this. Yeah. Florida should have because there was like a like a new metal act in Eurovision. Mm, OK. And and also a and Florida. Florida was not he was there, but he was not with that band. And that was Finland. And now I feel that Florida could I rewrite history would have been with Finland. And then Todd Finland would have won. I hate to bring this up to you guys, but new metal is coming back. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's coming back in a big way. Yeah. In a pretty considerable way in the next two years or so. I think it's going to hit you. And I think it's going to hit in a wave, too. Gonna be predominantly, you know, it's going to be predominantly queer, too, which is nice. That's great. Yeah. I have no problem with that. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> On the other thing we just mentioned, I feel like Flo Rida is kind of like the uh, the personality-less Nelly. Because yeah. he he had the same kind of sing-songy flow. Mm-hmm. And you never were quite entirely clear what he was saying. I, I, I don't know any of the lyrics of country grammar. I know the beat to country grammar. I know the melody of country grammar. I have no idea what he's saying in that song. And I've never heard understood a Florida lyric either. So, but here's the thing: we remember more of them because they have that sing-song cadence. They have that melody that sticks in your brain. They're at least memorable. It's one reason there's a part of me that still sticks up for Fetty Wap to this day, if only because oh, cool. a lot of his tunes. And this is repping New Jersey, so we can we can include more people. <laughs> take a here. drink again. You can yeah. take another drink. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but the funny thing with that is, is that like he actually did have tunes behind "My Way" and "Trap Queen" and I think "Seven Thirty Eight or whatever the hell that song was called. It wasn't one of my favorites, but yeah, I I think a, lo- a shame that his career imploded so fast. But it leads to the people like Roddy Rich. It leads to the people who have built on that melodic trap sound that's got longevity now. Yeah, like that was the thing that Nelly did that no one had ever done before. That and be from St. Louis. St. Louis more than the melodic thing. I think there was more. There was some melody, but it was never big because most Def did some of it in like 99. There was Bone Thugs. Yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I I don't know. I've never heard anyone that quite sounded like Nelly to me. 
like even though he wasn't like this lyrical mastermind or anything he didn't like change anyone's life there's not like a whole bunch of nelly stands out there even or even at the time i don't remember like anyone like repping hardcore for nelly like they would for j cole or for drake or kanye or anything like that yeah even though he was racking up hit after hit like the, the kids don't know nelly was fucking everywhere Nelly had a song called Grills, and it's terrible. And it oh, sucks. that song fucking sucks. It's terrible. It was a number one hit. Oh, man. 2006. You know, 2006, 2007 were bad. Oh, my gosh. It's bad. I, I remember a lot of very, very stupid dance songs. Yeah. You know, walk, walk it out. Pop, lock, and drop it. I said, uh, hey, bay, bay. Hey, bay, bay. <laughs> We, we, we cannot force this podcast to experience the unholy wonder of Hurricane Chris. That guy's not doing well. No, he is not. <laughs> yeah, is he, he's going to prison for murder or something like that? I think so. I don't know. There were a lot of crappy one-hit wonders coming out of that. I think we're trying to be Nelly, kind of. It's interesting to see now because I think this I think that 2000s era of sound is coming back into vogue, especially in hip-hop. You're starting to see roots mm-hmm. of it. And so, especially with TikTok already built to churn out the one-hit wonders, mm-hmm. I think we're. I think it's going to come. I think in terms of those who build staying power out of this era, especially with the melodic side of things, it's going to be very interesting. And these these two artists specifically, I was, like I said, Nelly was sampled on a TikTok song just uh, just this year. Fifty Cent is all over that Pop Smoke record. Mm-hmm. For a lot of that Pop Smoke record, I thought it actually was Fifty Cent. Like, I was like, is this his guest verse? Is this his guest verse? Like, his guest verse was the woo, where he just yeah. brought in Candy Shop again. And Many Men was like sampled like two or three times just in like in 2020 alone. Yep. Like, it's prime time for 50 to make a big comeback, which he, he could, except he won't because he does not have that kind of energy creatively. No, he'll just invest in cryptocurrency. Uh, is he invested in cryptocurrency? Because I absolutely believe he's invested in cryptocurrency. He's not as bad as Nas, who says he's the cryptocurrency Scarface. Is that his new like rap? That that was on a recent cryptocurrency song. Scarface. That was on the most recent DJ Khaled album on a collab song with Jay Z. Jay Z. Yeah. Okay. I did hear that. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't pay attention too closely to it because it's a DJ Khaled record. But good for you. I had to <laughs> review it. What is he still doing here, DJ Khaled? He was in Pitch Perfect 3. That's what I can tell you. <laughs> Here's a question that I have for you from a music perspective. Sure. Since we're discussing both of these, in the club, you feel a way about it, partly because of um, 50, but w- what about Sexy Little Thug? I had never heard that run before, before I did my research. Does that make it better or worse? I Oh, I remember that. Sexy Little Thug is a record Beyonce made on a mixtape before in advance of her first record, right? In advance of her first uh, solo record, Dangerously in this, Love. This is like the inverse of that time that those guys did a bad version of of Scrubs. You remember yeah, that? No Pigeons, yes. That um, one, yes. This is like the inverse of that. I like Sexy Little Thug. That's a good record. You remember it from the time? Because I didn't know about this. I remember hearing it. It's, it's pretty solid. It is, you know, it's from a mixtape, so it's, you know... Not the uh, most important thing in the universe, but I thought it was all right. I think it's sort of telling, though, for at least an element of this song, right? I mean, I understand yeah. that a rap tune is primarily about, like, how good someone's rhymes are and how good their flow is, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I get I get that. But, like, 
the music should matter. The the beat should matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like it's kind of it's always interesting to me to view a song like this through the lens of another artist mm-hmm. and say, does this make it better or worse when somebody else does it? You know, obviously it's not identical. Beyonce makes this better because immediately you get rid of the homophobic slur in the That's second verse. One. And I'll be honest, Beyonce sells opulence better than 50 Cent ever did. Yeah, 50 Cent, at least on this record, is such like a monotone presence. He comes across like a chode. <laughs> it, it took me a long time to really actually appreciate Get Rich or Die Trying. I was like, you know, now that I'm an adult and, you know, I'm, I'm not like up on my ass, you know, up my ass about my indie rock snobbery and whatever. I can listen to pop songs again. I listen to the Get Rich or Die Trying. And you can tell this is a man who absolutely wants to get rich and he is very much trying. And it's like, this man is hungry. This man is intense. I, you know, this record is actually as as good as, or at least close to as good as people say it is. And I, I got it for the first time. And this was, you know, just a few years ago. Mm-hmm. But like, he always seemed like, I guess, a sellout to me. Yeah. I, I really liked How to Rob. I really liked Wangsta. And when he took down Ja Rule, we were all like into it because we all my indie rock snob friends hated Ja Rule. And we thought it's like 50 clowning on Ja Rule was the funniest and greatest thing that ever happened. And then when the album dropped, I was like, actually, I'm not into this. I didn't like PIMP. I didn't like, I guess I kind of liked Magic Stick, although that's technically a little Kim song. Oh, and uh, 21 Questions I thought was just absolutely terrible. It is. Like, like that's a Nate Dogg song. And so you have to try real hard to make me not like a Nate Dogg song. That's the other, again, the weird thing about Get Rich or Die Trying is that it doesn't sound like a New York hip hop record. It feels very West Coast because Dre's all over it. And yeah. the thing is, it's hard it, It's hard for me to dislike a lot of good, a reasonably good quality Dre beats, but 50 is such an inert presence across so much of this album, especially in comparison with the early mixtape stuff. And he only got worse. And so... A lot of people consider him like he's this staple of the New York 2000s. I'm like, in popularity, sure. But if this is your staple of New York in the 2000s, what was New York doing in the 2000s? I can't answer that. I actually, but the thing that I, I do want to say about this is that like, you know, you know that music video for In The Club? You remember that one? Oh, yeah. Remember we how, all do. You remember how it starts where it literally just says somewhere? <laughs> it might as well say nowhere. And I think that's sort of the difference between the two, isn't it? Is that Nelly is from a place. Yeah. And it and like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's not always bad to be, have a degree of specificity. I think that that's the thing that is often what makes somebody great. Like, I'm from New Jersey. That's why I'm great. Take a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we keep talking about how it's a New York track in that he is from New York, but that it doesn't really... I, like not that I know anything about going to New York clubs, I certainly don't. But um, I can't imagine it. Really, like I like the song because it builds over time. Yes. Like, like I feel like as it gets further in, it gets better and better. That's the thing that I like about that song. But that sort of makes it not like a club song exactly. Not in the way that like Hot in Here is great because it's just it is exactly what it is pretty much the whole way through, mm-hmm. right? Like, as soon as it starts, you're immediately going to be on the floor, right? Immediately. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you're going to be on the floor the whole way through. I'm not sure. Like, to me, in the club is more like in the high school gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? I do. I do. Because it definitely has, especially with the intro. 
And that intro, I will say this, for the song to go off for that like, short six bars of intro, it works. It's immediately catchy. You hear it everywhere. And every every guy in a suit jacket who does in the club at karaoke will go up and will go off with that to try to get the birthday girl who's out at the karaoke bar. They'll get the first six bars off. It works. And then he panics when he realizes he has to do the next two verses. I don't know. They, if he can get to the bridge, he's good. My yeah. flow, my show brought me the dough that brought, brought me, me all. all my fans. I, I, I will stand up for like in hot in here has absolutely more hooks and more mm-hmm. memorable lyrics. But that bridge on in the club that I, I really good. love that. Bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. I don't know that I ever truly appreciated it on that level, though. Honestly, there's a reason why I brought up the trailers for those uh, Happy Death Day movies. <laughs> yeah. That's I. The song has never worked better than it does in those trailers. I truly believe that. That is, that's the best it's ever been. That that song has ever been served by anything. Uh, the one other thing that strings out to me within the club, and this is a funny one. I remember when Fifty Cent and Game were beefing. This is stupid hip hop beef that is across the mid two thousands, which is full of stupid hip hop beef. Um, yeah, and, and it, it wasn't over nothing, like literally nothing at all, like pretty much, yeah. yeah. But the one thing that everyone gets on Game about for Game has all sorts of reasons to hate him in that he's disgusting and that he puts all the details of every woman he's ever slept with in his music. And K. Michelle keeps getting hit for no reason. And that's just bullshit. Um, but the thing is, is that Game always gets hit because he name drops and he name drops a lot. And I'm looking through the first two verses of this 50 Cent song and I'm like, do you really just have to name drop the fact that you're working with Dre you're working with Eminem. You're working with exhibits in the same club with you. You mentioned Banks in your second verse. Like, is this needed? Like, I thought you were the man in the club. I didn't think you were have to call in your entire crew behind you. <laughs> 50 seems a little insecure to me. Whereas Nelly just calls his crew his heathens. Rest of my heathens. That's a good yeah, line. That's, that's a, a good great line. line. <laughs> yeah, the, the St. Lunatics. Did that, did that crew launch anyone else besides Chingy? I can't remember. Was Chingy part of them? I thought he was. Let me check. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. There was some talk of like City Spud he before was, he went to jail. Yeah. No, Chingy was never in that crew. It was yeah. Nelly, Ali, Murphy Lee, Kaiyuan. Murphy Wan. Lee did a little. Ali was on Grills, right? I think so. But. Yep. Yep. You're right. And they had a compilation album in 2001, um, and that went platinum. Damon Jackson, the rap critic who's been on our show a couple times, he told me once that one of the Saint Lunatics had like a serious beef with Nelly. They had a serious falling out or something. Mm. And it was like his name was Slow Down. He wore like a Phantom of the Opera mask in some of the videos. And, you know, he was complaining that Nelly never did anything for him. It's like and Nelly was like, you don't do anything. Who are you? You don't rap. You don't, uh, you know, produce. You don't even bring drinks when we're recording like <laughs> No, I like that. Nelly, Nelly should have ended that sentence with, I saw what happened to MC Hammer, and it's not happening to me. <laughs> All right. I think we've talked this one to death. I think we need to uh, get to the questions. Okay. Okay. And Lena, remind me what they are, because my brain is mush right now. Okay. So we do uh, now four questions until such time as it changes again. Okay. Um, that sort of help focus uh, after we've rambled for a while, mm-hmm. so that we actually know how we feel about things. You know, form actual opinions, yes. uh, if you will. Uh, the first question is, uh, one of these songs is, is going to be lost to time forever, and one will remain in the memory of mankind 
for all time. Uh, which is the one that has to stay for the culture? That's a tough one. That's a real tough one. That actually is tough because as much as I think Hot and Her is a better song, as much as I don't trust pop culture to maintain memory of anything good, um, I get the feeling Into Club is the one that's going to last. In the comments, I was reading like the serious hip hop fans. They were like the, the more serious ones who weren't just like white kids who listen to pop music. Yeah. They were like much more into Into Club than Hot in Here. I'm not sure I'm convinced. I, I'm still kind of leaning towards Hot in Here. I don't know. That's real hard. These are both towering pop songs. Like the the entire 2000s don't make sense if you don't have either of these songs. Mm-hmm. After a year of no club whatsoever, it's <laughs> kind of hard to answer this question, isn't it? I don't know. My yeah. air conditioning went out a couple about a month ago, so Hot and Her had some had some replay value for me. I don't know. I feel like Hot in Here would get the club moving a lot more than Into Club would. I, like, would agree. I think Hot Hot in Here would still kill on a dance floor. Of course, I don't know because I haven't been anywhere in quite a while. Do we think 50 Cent would still have had enough money to invest in vitamin water? If so, then he's fine. No, like he wouldn't he, have. They, no, there, was a, there was a, there was another um, track that they were considering as the lead track for this record, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I read that somewhere. It was like not one of the big ones. It was it was not PIMP and it was not 21 questions. Hold on, let me look it up. Um, Eminem, I look, I've got this up on Genius right now. For the lead single, they were Eminem apparently wanted to go with If I Can't. Do you remember that one? I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one at all. And I, and I just I just listened to Apparently it came out right after PIMP and uh, I don't remember it. It it stalled out at number 76 on the Hot 100. I literally just listened to Get Rich or Die Trying, and I don't remember which one this is. Well, the thing is, it actually kind of has a similar vibe to End the Club, but it doesn't have that bridge, which is sort of the problem. Or the intro? No, I don't think, I, I think, it, like like I said, there's some notes that I think it kind of hits that are similar, but yeah, I just think that End the Club builds in a way. Um, oh gosh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. How much do I really care about 50 Cent's yeah. continued success? Would he uh, have not appeared in Spy, arguably <laughs> one of the best scenes of one of my favorite movies? Would, would power exist? That, would he, that could be both and, a, a positive and a negative. I've seen <laughs> enough of power to know where it goes. Now that we talk about it, the, the key parts of 50 Cent's in the club are the bridge and the intro. I think the chorus to in the club is kind of bad. I kind of agree. Yeah. He calls women mommy. Come give me a hug if you're into getting rubbed. Like we're like at the bottom of the barrel for rhymes with club by that point. He's also said he's also for as much as he ripped on Ja Rule for talking so much about ecstasy and the main yeah. lines on his hook. He's saying, I got the X if you're into taking drugs. Well, you know, it's fine for you. He's not going to take it. But, you know, versus the, the chorus to hot in here. I mean, it's just so simple. It's, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes. It's direct. It's to the point. You can't argue with it. One thing I do want to highlight, I do appreciate that the girl actually comes in for the backing vocal saying, I am getting so hot, I want to take my clothes off. There's consent that's acknowledged here. <laughs> I think that's appropriate. Yeah. All right. I, I think I'm going to stay with hot in here being more important for the culture. Okay. Question two, you can be in the room for the entire process of one and only one of these two songs being created, including the music video, if this is the thing that matters to you, which one do you want to be around for? Hot and her. Not even close. I'm a, you're in the studio with Pharrell. First off, 
I would not want to be around 50 Cent while he was recording or doing the video because, quite frankly, 50 Cent seems kind of a boring person. But more importantly, we were I'm sure you read this, too, on the Song Facts page. Apparently, Next Door was Busta Rhymes while they were recording. Oh, yeah. This is a great story. And apparently he was just like wandering by this the neighboring studio. He heard this shit going off and he busted in the door. Did Busta. It was like, what's that? <laughs> and I, I, I watched the video of Nelly telling this story. And he does a decent Busta Rhymes impression, which you wouldn't expect. And it was like, that's the hottest shit I've ever heard. And I, I think Busta was, was doing some other stuff with the Pharrell and the Neptunes also. It was like, you were hiding this from me. That <laughs> it's, it's pretty decidedly not a Busta track, though. But he would have hopped on it if he could. Yeah. Just to see Busta Rhymes bust in the studio out of nowhere with like the Cooler Man, which is I, kind of how I assume Busta Rhymes enters everywhere with his giant 1996 hat. And oh, I managed I imagined it like a like a shitty Monty well a good version of Monty Python. Mm-hmm. Like no one expects yeah. the Busta Rhymes Inquisition. No, I'm sure he's like the Kool Aid Man every everywhere he goes, just like bursting in through the wall. And then he has 64 bars, and you're gonna get them whether you want them or not. <laughs> Yeah, 64 bars or, you know, 5,000 words, whichever comes first. Pretty much. His bars are very uh, wordy. Yep. So that's that's an easy one. That's an easy question for that one. Mm -hmm. It's hot in here again. Now I feel it is time for the two hardest questions. Yes. One or three. Yes. Megan Thee Stallion is going to get up to a night of hot girl shit. Before she goes, she needs to prepare. What song is she listening to to prep for her night of said hot girl shit um i would go with hot in her it would only because immediate correlation with hot girl shit also megan's from houston so she can probably appreciate the vibe and bounce of a saint of a saint louis track in the same vein more than something that's a little slower and she can't really twerk to hot she can't really twerk to in the club i imagine megan the stallion Talking to her best friend, like, girl, I think my butt getting big. That's the thing that could happen. <laughs> I think that is absolutely a thing that could happen. Uh, you know, I said this at the beginning of the, the episode. In the club, to me, feels like a song that's not really for the club. It's for the gym. In fact, in the video, 50 Cent is He's running on a treadmill. He's running on a treadmill while, you know, Dre and Eminem in the background going, yes, yes. Yeah, why? What is what is with that, and why? Why is it presented like it's Rocky Four and he's Ivan Drago? That's the villain. I don't know. Like, he was always, always the seemed... villain. <laughs> Nobody likes me. Oh, yeah. No, I was kind of assumed it was like, yeah, Fifty Cent was created in a lab by Dre and M. I was like, that that seems right to me. But yeah, like in the club is not is actually not very good for the club. I'm gonna stick by that even though I have no experience with that. The fun reference I will make there to going back to the run to the, the running in the gym video. I remember when D 12 made my band and Mm -hmm. they parodied the, in the music video, they parodied the 50 cent scenes with Mm -hmm. bizarre. Who's a big giant fat guy. Yeah. Yeah. That was very funny. Just like D 12 were hilarious. And I bet if I listened to them now, I would still find them exactly as funny as I did when I was 16. Yeah, they, right. they are they are a teenager band, and yeah. you don't you don't need to listen to them as an adult. 
Much like you don't have to listen to Eminem as an adult. Or at least you don't have to listen to adult Eminem. You don't want so, to listen to adult Eminem. You really don't. No. I mean, I feel like this one is... You said that was going to be a hard question. I feel pretty definitively about this. Like, Hot in Here is a song about getting ready for the club. And <laughs> at least for that, a couple lyrics. So, there you go. Are you ready for the most important question yes. of all time? Sure. William Shatner. Thesbian. Maybe he's got one of those Green Lantern rings. We don't know, but it's possible. <laughs> God, I hope not. But uh, singer? Question also, mark. Also, also in doubt? <laughs> At least as possible as him having that Green Lantern ring. He's going to do a Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs. I put it to you, gentlemen. Which of these two songs must be shat upon? Go, 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 shardy. Oh, we're, we're already off. Like, I don't I don't want to hear William Shatner say shardy. Well, here's the thing. All of this gets bad because the not clean version of In the Club says has William Shatner saying some very, very not good well, things. Well, we're, we're going have, to... have you seen his tweets? I mean, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't seem out of character. OK, then let's have Leonard. He wouldn't do that on record, though. Let's have the late Leonard Nimoy do Hot and Her because I remember when he pressed a few records that were actually not terrible. We know we are we are quite aware of the Leonard Nimoy discography in this. This is in fact not even the only time. Yes, when this answer has come up, where one gets the Shatner and the other gets the Nimoy, that has happened before. I think there is there is precedent, is what I'm telling you. I think Hot and Her balances out Leonard Nimoy a little bit better because I think Into Club is stiff enough that I think it fits with Shatner's pomposity. My flow, my show. Brought me the dough that bought me all my fancy things. My crib, my cars, my clothes, my jewels. Look, well, you can't say that word, Shatner. I done came up and I ain't changed. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Hot in Here for all four, honestly. Really? I, th- okay. I, I think I think Shatner could do a better version of Hot in Here and it would be a lot funnier. Because the lyrics are a lot more memorable. Hmm. I want them. No, I got I to gotta, I gotta let Shatner have in the club. I think that's how that's got to go for me. Um, also, we already have somebody that's that's done um, a parody, at least, of uh, Hot in Here. Yeah, that's... and that is Weird Al. Okay, so if Weird Al gets Hot in Here because he did his song Trash Day, which is actually kind of underrated, I say, in the Weird Al uh, I canon. I don't know. I'm looking at these lyrics. Like, I want them to love me, like they love Pac. I think. Okay, yes, I think they, we could make that work for Shatner. You think they ever? It's weird. I don't think Fifty ever got loved. Like they love Pac. And I don't think he really wanted that. That was the other weird thing. Pac yeah. was not loved in New York. <laughs> no. That was no, kind of was, the point. <laughs> yes. He was kind of fatally not loved in New York. I think that, that solves our four questions. Mm-hmm. We got some reader comments. Finally, some intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Taylor Swift writes... And I'm going to assume this is not the Taylor Swift. Oh, I hope it is. <laughs> Taylor Swift writes, voting for hot in her because when I was four years old, the woman who lived next door to my family would throw ass and sing the and sing the female portion while I did Nellie's part. She later cheated on her husband with my dad so that he would give her heroin. Good times. Again, I am assuming this is not the Taylor Swift, but who Do knows? Know this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's possible, and since it's possible, I'm going to say that, yes, it is. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast, Taylor. That would certainly expand the certain parts of Endgame, like the, like the chance <laughs> of big reputation. I'm just uh, really glad that she, that, that sounds like a really rough story. I'm just glad she was able to shake it off. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Look. It also places. You, you asked for this. Yes. It also places welcome to New York in different contexts. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus writes. For me, it's a battle of the videos. Is it, Do I want the DJ with horrible fire safety versus Eminem, who never says a word and is basically counting seconds until he gets paid? Eminem has never looked good in videos. What, Eminem? Yeah, he always looks awkward in the majority of rap videos he's ever done, even the funny ones. Mm-hmm. Like, he always comes across a little awkward, and especially in guest star videos where he's not a great guest star. It's very obvious. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. Did, who was it in the the was there was someone famous playing the DJ in Hot in Here? I I, I feel like I remember that, like Cedric the Isn't Entertainer, it, somebody. Uh, yeah, pretty sure it's Cedric. Yeah, and the the roof actually catches fire, and he tells them the roof is on fire, and they and then just, they proceed to sing a Bloodhound Gang song. <laughs> that is not a Bloodhound Gang song. That that predates the Bloodhound Gang. I'm fairly certain. No, it's but a Strokes album. The oh, roof okay. is on fire. No, I'm pretty sure the roof, the roof, the roof is on fire is predates the Bloodhound Gang. Although I guess I could be wrong. I don't know. But the point is, he tells them that the roof is on fire and they proceed to chant the roof is on fire and then they all die. Wait, now I want to know the answer. What what song did you think that the roof is on fire begins with? Because the Bloodhound Gang is 1996. Okay, the roof is on fire could possibly be this hip hop single from 1984 by Rockmaster Scott and the Dynamic Three. It's a it's old old school. Yeah, it feels possible. And then the yeah. Chemical Brothers sampled it, and then the Bloodhound Gang covered it in a way. Mm-hmm. Cold Chamber did something with it. Oh, ugh. yeah, this is yeah. weird. And this concludes your musical education. Go yes. touch grass. Franco Del Rosario writes: "In the club is the go-to song for when it's your birthday at a club, which only comes once a year." Hot in here is the go-to song for any song you are mildly inconvenienced by warm weather in the summer, which, thanks to global warming, is becoming more and more frequent. So Nelly wins this one hands down. For I remember for a while, for at least two years, anyone who had a birthday, it was required that you sing into club. And then it wasn't quite mandatory after that, but there were decent odds that anyone's birthday this song would... Uh, but again, yeah, it, was the club just, it was just the intro. They never got to that second verse. <laughs> it never outdoes the intro. I think we can all agree on that in the mm-hmm. club. Aaron Ruska writes, Ironically, Megan Thee Stallion decided to stay home and read a book this time. Not true. Not true. <laughs> no. No, which is, well, I don't want to, I don't, listen, I don't mean to say that, that Megan is not well read. <laughs> <laughs> I would not say that. However, there's no way. Not, not when hot in here is an option. There's absolutely no way. That is true. All right. Angela writes, I once spent $10 on a grocery store paperback romance solely because the title was It's Getting Scott in Here. Scott with one T, so I assume it's like a man in a kilt. Ow! <laughs> oh, the, the look on your face, Mark. Ow! <laughs> uh, nope, not, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> don't like that. I think that's what we're, uh, I think we're going to end on that. It's Getting Scott in Here. So take off all your kilt. Everybody likes dad jokes. No, no one likes dad jokes. Except for people who are into like Highlander romance novels, I guess. All right. That's a quickening. All right. 
<laughs> okay, so we have debated this. Now that's the only time, the only thing we have time for is the results. So let me ask, before we get into it, who do you think won? Knowing your audience, I think Hot and Her won. All right, by how much? What's um, that supposed to mean? Yes, I know knowing our audience. <laughs> I know my audience. Um, I say it won 65-35. 65, uh, you know, so pretty solid win is what you're predicting. Decently solid. Lena, what's your thoughts? I agree. A good 65-35 split in favor of Nelly. All right. That's my, yes, that's about where I was going to say it was. For a total of 495 to 182, it is indeed a massacre. A 73 to 27 split. The winner is hot in here. It's, uh, It's a bloodbath. We shot 50 in the face eight times yet again. And every pitchfork critic just commits seppuku. <laughs> Why? Is, it, is pitchfork all in on a 50 cent? They've done the retrospectives and they were, and a lot, like, I don't know if you've seen the most recent update of Rolling Stone's top no, 500. I think, no, that's what we were arguing about on Twitter. That's what, what prompted the 50 cent argument. Oh, right. Yep, that was yep. it. Ugh. Yeah, fit, get rich or die trying was... Uh, well, we didn't argue about Get Richard trying. We were arguing about In the Club. I'm sh- I'm sure, like, I listened to Nellyville. That's a pop album. Like, it's it's kind of designed to not be there in by 2005. And Get Richard Die Trying, for all I have problems with 50 Cent, is like a real album. I'm not sure it's one of the 500 best albums of all time. It's but not. I can see why it made the list. And no one's going to go to bat for Nelly, for any of Nelly's albums, I think, except maybe Country Grammar. This makes me sad, but it's true. <laughs> I just want right. to congratulate everybody. At no point in this episode did anybody say the word "fitty." Oh, we didn't. Work. Good. I don't know how that how how that happened because I was an, entirely going to, and then uh, I think better judgment prevailed. I guess. Congratulations. All right. Well, anyway, thank you for uh, listening. Uh, check out uh, Mark's stuff on Spectrum Pulse on YouTube. And uh, check us out on Patreon. Recommend us to your friends. Leave us nice comments. Leave us uh, good reviews. If you want, you can uh, pay us a little extra money and you can get all our bonus episodes where we review a movie picked by you every month. That's right. It's only $1. And then you can listen, even if you've never paid a dollar before, even if you only do it one month, you could listen to every single episode that we've ever done of the bonus variety. And that's not just a deal, Todd. That's a Kim deal. And if you've got a little extra time and nothing else going on in your life, and you're a hoe and you're mad, but you feel like you're not mad enough, go listen to our episode about Eurovision. We've annoyed some people with our ignorant Americanness. But in any case, let us get prepare for our next episode. It is yet another hip hop episode. Uh, next month, we will be doing Runaway by Kanye West versus Marvin's Room by Drake. So we're going to do a toast for the douchebags and a toast for the assholes. Get ready for that one. Uh, I don't know (laughs) who's going to win, but we're all losers. (laughs) All right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. See you later. Mm